Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for April 22nd, 2020. It's the birthday of the inimitable Russian-American author, scholar, and lepidopterist Vladimir Nabokov, born on this day in 1899 in St. Petersburg, Russia. Nabokov was born into the aristocratic family of a liberal lawyer and politician. Nabokov's upbringing reflected the culture and wealth of his family. The author was raised trilingual, and the family conversed in Russian, English, and in French. Nabokov's father, who was also named Vladimir, had a fairly successful political career during his son's childhood. After the defeat of the White Army in 1919, though, the family had to flee the country. The Nabokovs first went to England, where the sale of a single strand of his mother's pearls financed two years of Vladimir's study at Cambridge. They eventually settled in Berlin, though, where Nabokov's father remained active in the politics of the Russian exile community. This involvement soon proved fatal for the elder Nabokov as he died while trying to protect Russian Foreign Minister Pavel Milyukov from an assassination attempt in Berlin. This mistaken, violent death would echo again and again in Nabokov's fiction, where characters would meet their deaths under accidental terms. In the book Pale Fire, for example, one interpretation of the novel has an assassin mistakenly kill the poet John Shade, when his actual target is a fugitive European monarch. In 1937, Nabokov and his Russian Jewish wife Vera were forced to move from Berlin after Vera lost her job because of the increasingly anti-Semitic environment. Also in that year, the assassin of Nabokov's father was appointed second-in-command of the Russian emigre group. In the same year, Nabokov began seeking a job in the English-speaking world, and in 1937, he left Germany for France, finally settling in Paris. In May of 1940, the Nabokov family fled from the advancing German troops to the United States on board the SS Champlain, with the exception of Nabokov's brother, Sergei, who died at the Neuengamme concentration camp on the 9th of January, 1945. The Nabokov settled in Manhattan, where Vladimir began volunteer work as an entomologist at the American Museum of Natural History. He joined the staff of Wellesley College in 1941 as resident lecturer in comparative literature. The position, created specifically for him, provided an income and free time to write creatively and pursue his lepidoptery. Nabokov is remembered as the founder of Wellesley's Russian department and the Nabokovs resided in Wellesley, Massachusetts during the 1941-1942 academic year. In September of 1942, they moved to Cambridge, where they lived until June of 1948. Following a lecture tour through the United States, Nabokov returned to Wellesley for the 1944-45 year as a lecturer in Russian. In 1945, he became a naturalized citizen of the United States and served as Wellesley's one-man Russian department, offering courses in Russian language and literature. His classes were popular due as much to his unique teaching style as to the wartime interest in all things Russian. At the same time, he was the de facto curator of lepidoptery at Harvard University's Museum of Comparative Zoology. 
Nabokov left Wellesley in 1948 to teach Russian and European literature at Cornell, where he taught until 1959. Among his students at Cornell were future U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who later identified Nabokov as a major influence on her development as a writer. Nabokov wrote his magnum opus, Lolita, while traveling on butterfly collecting trips in the western United States that he undertook every summer. Vera acted as secretary, typist, editor, proofreader, translator, and bibliographer, his agent, business manager, legal counsel, and chauffeur, his research assistant, teaching assistant, and professorial understudy. When Nabokov attempted to burn unfinished drafts of Lolita, it was Vera who stopped him. He called her the best humored woman he had ever known. After the great financial success of Lolita, Nabokov was able to return to Europe and devote himself exclusively to writing. His son had obtained a position as an operatic bass at Reggio Emilia, where he, coincidentally, found himself on stage co-starring in a production of La Boheme with the one and only Luciano Pavarotti. It was Dmitri's doting father, Vladimir Nabokov, who arranged for the recording of his son's performance and is directly responsible for the existence of the first recording of then-unknown Pavarotti making his operatic debut. Dmitri had an established career of his own until his other hobby, race cars, nearly took his life. In 1980, Nabokov, also a semi-professional race car driver, was driving a competition model Ferrari 308 GTB when he crashed on a roadway linking Montreux and Lausanne. He not only suffered third-degree burns over 40% of his body, but fractured his neck, effectively ending his operatic career. On the 1st of October of 1961, Vladimir and Vera moved to the Montreux Palace Hotel in Montreux, Switzerland, staying there until the end of his life. From his sixth-floor quarters overlooking Lake Geneva, Nabokov conducted his business and took tours to the Alps, Corsica, and Sicily to hunt butterflies. Nabokov was a finalist for the National Book Award for Fiction seven times. His novels, particularly Lolita, and the 999-line poem, Pale Fire, are widely considered modern literary masterpieces, while his memoir, Speak Memory, is also regarded as one of the 20th century's greatest nonfiction works. In 1976, Nabokov was hospitalized with a fever that doctors were unable to diagnose, and was re-hospitalized in Lausanne the following year, suffering from severe bronchial congestion. Titan of literature, Vladimir Nabokov died on the 2nd of July, 1977, in Montreux, surrounded by his family. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.